Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Jean McCulloch. And I'm thrilled and honored to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essay is called Snow in the Night Sky. And what I really don't have time for these days is to visit all my friends and relatives dotted throughout the country who I haven't seen since the lockdown. So there's a goal for the coming year. Kate McDougall is the author of London's number one dog walking agency, a memoir. Kate is a writer and journalist who now lives in rural Oxfordshire with her family. She writes features for publications including Country Life, The Telegraph, Horse and Hound, Homes and Antiques, while also wrangling three small children and two disobedient dogs. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss London's number one dog walking agency, a memoir. Oh, thanks for having me, Zibby. Hi. <laughs> Can you please tell everybody what this book is about, how this really happened, all of this 
amazing stuff that you talk about in the book. (laughs) But give us synopsis to start. Yeah, of course. So it's a memoir. It's the story of the years that I ran a dog walking company in London, which was an unplanned career move. I was working at Sotheby's in the furniture department selling antiques, also not really knowing what I was doing there. I was very clumsy and I kept dropping things and I decided that actually I probably needed a change. And around the same time, I happened to meet somebody in the park, in Hyde Park, which is one of London's biggest parks. And they were walking a dog and they said, oh, this is my job. This is what I'm doing. And it wasn't really a thing in London then at all. People didn't do that as a job. I know it's, you know, been around in in New York and America for for a lot longer. But we, we were a bit, the British were a bit funny about having other people walk dogs for a long time. So I thought, well, I can do that. I had dogs growing up. And so I set up a website and before I knew I had my first client and I thought, oh my God, I've got to do this now for real. (laughs) So I left my, my office job and yeah, I started out walking dogs, not having a clue what I was doing. So the book kind of charts that is that journey from starting out to in the end when I hand over the business and leave London. And during that time, there's marriage and kids. And so, yeah, it's a real journey. So amazing. It was so funny at the start when you were telling everybody that you were leaving work and everyone's like, dogs? <laughs> Why are you going to work with dogs? I mean, it's just so, so funny when people leave their traditional. Yeah, no, absolutely. Particularly my mother who was horrified by the whole thing because working for Sotheby's sounds all, you know, exciting. And, and it was a great place to work. It was fascinating, but it just wasn't for me. And yeah, when I told everybody I'd be walking dogs for a job, they just thought I was completely insane. And actually, they were probably right because I really didn't know what I was doing. And yeah, as the book details, it's a lot more to do with the owners than it is with the dogs, really, because they're the tricky ones. That's very true. And of course, it also, you know, talks, as you mentioned, about your own relationships and even, you know, what it was like sort of getting buy-in from your boyfriend at the time about doing this job and dragging a hungover guy on the train to, you know, having to deal with a hyperactive dog in the park. And like, all the time I was like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine this whole thing. He's such a hero. He is my husband, still my husband. He's upstairs bathing our children. Yeah. He really didn't like dogs to start with at all, which I think he thought was okay. He thought, well, you know, it's not really going to affect me what, what she's doing for a job. And then before, before he knew it, he was actually involved with walking some of the dogs himself. If I got stuck and I didn't have anybody to walk a dog. He would go in his suit in his lunch break <laughs> to pick up dogs all across London, which he really did not sign up for. <laughs> and then we got our own dog, which I talk a lot about in the book. And yeah, she's called Mabel and she's she's still alive. She's 13 now. And yeah, he completely fell in love with her. And from that, you know, he's a big dog fan, luckily. And we have two dogs now. So yeah, I think I convert him. I also had a, a dog named Mabel, by the way, a long time ago. Oh, no way. Oh, it's a great dog name. She was a bulldog. Very good. Oh, lovely. Yeah, he's an amazing husband. (laughs) He deserves lots of prizes. Oh, well, it's such a great story and it's just so heartfelt. And you have such a sense of humor the way you talk about everything. And oh, it's just, it's like such a pleasure to to read it and experience life sort of through your eyes and how it was at the time. And anyway, it's just really sort of heartwarming. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So what was it like, this experience for you writing the book? Did you know you wanted to, I mean, was this like in the back of your head the whole time? 
Yeah, I really think it was. I think from pretty much the first dog, yeah. you know, when you sort of walk into these people's houses and you get this little glimpse into all these other people's lives, which was such a privilege and also just so fascinating. And I think human beings, we end up kind of comparing ourselves with other people all the time. And yeah, there was just so many stories and so many characters that would have just been criminal not to write it down. And <laughs> I've always written when I was younger and just just loved it. And But I worked on it on and off for a number of years. It wasn't something I just sat down and wrote. It, you know, it was it was bits and bobs here and there, along with having children and um, doing other things. And I think then I got to the point where I was just annoyed with myself and not having finished it. And that was kind of really the drive that, that got me to do the final draft. <laughs> so is it the kind of thing, <laughs> did you end up liking it? I like, what did you say? Bids, bips and bobs. It's such a funny way to bits say it. Bobs, bits and bobs. I love that. No, it's so cute. I love that. That's like, that sounds like it should yeah, be like no. a cute little shop or something. Bits and bobs. Yeah, I'm sure there is one sort of called yeah. that somewhere. Um, yes. No, I, I did at the end. I think you get to the point where you think this, this sounds like me and this sounds like my voice and this sounds true to the experience. And it's got the right feel to it. And I wanted it to be sort of heartwarming and funny and just full of amusing stories and characters. And I think hopefully that that came across. Absolutely. So would you do it again, though? Do you have another book? Like, is this the kind of thing where you're like, OK, I got through it and, you know, here it is and it must be feel so rewarding? Or how does it feel now that it's out? And would you want to do it again? Oh, it's amazing to have it out. It was a very strange experience because the book was was bought by UK publisher and the US publisher in very quick succession, but all during the first lockdown here. And I was trying to homeschool my children and it was this really surreal experience. I didn't actually meet anybody for months and months and months. And then only got to meet my editor really briefly once in person because it was, we just weren't allowed to and restrictions. And I think, I mean, that was my only experience of having a book published. So it was fine for me, but I think you know, everyone was saying, well, this is really unusual because it doesn't normally happen like this. And usually we'd get to meet you more. But actually it was it was a really lovely distraction from, from what was going on in the world. Yeah, I'm actually writing a novel at the minute, which I'm really, really enjoying. But I think because the first book took me a long time over a number of years, and I've got a year to write this one, actually, you realise it's such a lot of work and having it condensed in a short space of time has definitely got its advantages, but also its disadvantages because you really, I feel up against my deadline quite a lot at the minute. (laughs) (laughs) And what is, what's your next, what's your novel about? It's very British. It sets in the countryside near here where I live. It's about two sisters and they're slightly eccentric relatives. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely loving doing it. It's just, such a joy. I never thought I'd write a novel. So when they bought the first book, the publishers, Bonnier in the UK said, would you like to write um, a fiction one too? And I just jumped at the chance and it's just such, such an honor and a privilege. And yeah, I'm absolutely loving it doing it. That's amazing. So has it, what, what are some, for people who have not read the book, what are some things you learned about dog owners relative to their dogs that maybe you didn't know before you wrote, you know, experienced this yourself? Well, you, I'd say if I was being kind and generous, I'd say most dog owners are 
are normal and lovely and very sane. I think it's the small minority that possibly slightly more eccentric, very devoted. And sometimes that behavior can, that sort of intense love for their dogs can sort of come out in unusual ways sometimes. So very strange requests with diet, very strange requests with how to put their dogs to bed. So bedtime stories and tucking, tucking them into the bed and all sorts of requests for different types of massage and dogs that can only walk on one side of the road. And, and I think this is probably quite niche behavior, but it's, it's those clients that you remember, obviously, and those are the ones people want to read about. But I think we all know how much dogs mean to us and what a big part of the family they are. So I think we can forgive some of the behaviors. Yeah, we're, we're, we're such massive dog lovers, aren't we? I mean, they are, they are absolutely everything to us. And particularly in the last year, I think they've become even more key members of our family. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. I can't go anywhere without my dog. She's like my, you know, I, ta- I touch my purse and she like jumps up. You know? <laughs> oh, so sweet. I know, it's yeah. so fun. 
I don't know if you can even see her. She's in the couch over there. She's, she's a black blended lab. in. Yeah, she's camouflage. Blended. Like, yes. um, but she's like always nearby. I can't like go anywhere without her. But I think it's also funny with your then boyfriend, now husband. Yeah. That sometimes you aren't a dog lover until you fall in love with your dog, similar to people who aren't like kid people or they don't love babies or whatever. And then they have a child and then all of a sudden that's all they're talking about. And they're like, oh, now we get it. So sometimes so it's, that, it's that falling in love feeling of something yeah. – before you can extrapolate it a little bit more. Yeah. And he really resisted. I mean, he was really like, this is your dog. I'm not having anything to do with it. And yeah, he, he, you could see him kind of softening. You could see the way she was like melting his heart very slowly. Yeah. And it was just really, really lovely to see. And yeah, we've got two now and he still jokes every now and then they're like, oh, they're your dogs. But actually he just, He's completely smitten with both of them. And yeah, bless him. <laughs> Quite a transformation. So you're a mom of three and have yeah. two dogs. And yes. now you're writing a novel and promoting the memoir and all this stuff. So do you find time to read? And if so, what do you like to read? Yeah, reading is a really, really key part of my writing, I think. If ever I'm lost um, with the writing, I always go back to pick up a favorite book or a new book. And it, it immediately sort of sparks that creativity again for me. I always have about three or four books on the go, which is probably a bit crazy. And also listen to audiobooks as well a lot. I find audiobooks can be brilliant just to kind of fill in gaps if you're out walking the dogs or doing the washing up or, you know, doing something with it, folding laundry, just to fill those gaps. I like to have it kind of coming at me all the time. I'm quite a diverse reader, although I do fall back into my favourite writers a lot. Quite a few American writers, actually. Anne Patchett, David Sedaris. Nora Ephron, all really, really big, big fans of those. And uh, British writers as well. There's a lovely comic British writer called Nina Stibby, who I absolutely love her books. Jilly Cooper, who's one of my all-time literary heroes, who's very British English. She wrote things like Riders. And did you do you know any of those? But she's in her 80s now, but she's hugely prolific. She was a journalist as well. And things like P.G. Woodhouse, like old school, classic British comedy. That's what I really fall back to if I'm if I'm struggling with my own work, which I think probably has a similar sort of tone to. But yeah, I'm 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 probably having a bit of a renaissance with my reading I go through sort of phases, but now that I'm writing more, it's just crucial to me that um, I read all the time. And yeah, it's, it never fails to inspire me. I've recently got into Catherine Heine, who I absolutely love as well, another brilliant American writer. Yeah. So I have Early Morning Riser is like on my to read list. Oh, it's Heine. great. I, I know I have to. My business partner like loves it as one of her favorites. And I'm like, I have to read this book. So Yes. I actually preferred her standard deviation. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they're both just brilliant. She's got such a brilliant voice. And yeah, so yeah, I, we just have more bookshelves built in our house. <laughs> oh my God, I all the books that we've got. They're just everywhere around the house. And um, yeah, I really hope it's something that my kids want to be as interested in books as I am because it's just such a joy to read. I was actually losing hope with my kids, to be honest with you. But now the school is is like mandating a 20 minute reading period every, every day at home. And cool. I somehow was not able to implement this with my older kids. But now I don't know, they, these guys listen. So we, anyway, we have this new, I don't know, two week old everyday habit where all of us sit and read in quiet for 20 minutes, like before TV at night. And it is like the highlight of my day. And they That's are old, amazing. you know, my little guys are old enough now that they can read all by themselves and chapter books and whatever. And I'm like, this is so great. Not only is it actually finally quiet in my house, 
but we're all like immersed. And the best was the other day when my daughter was like, I was like, okay, like the timer went off, you can stop reading. And she's like, oh no, 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 I have to get to the end of like what I'm doing, you know, whatever, this is amazing. And then at one point she was like, we started chatting and she was like, she's like, shh, I'm trying to focus on my reading. And I was like, oh, you are, are you? You know, all I try to do all day is read. And like, you interrupt me a hundred times a day. Anyway, it's been really fun to to see that. so lovely to hear. I think it usually takes, it's like one book that like opens the door to the reading. And my little boy, who's seven, he's just passionate about reading now. And it was one book. It was the Treehouse series. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, like literally read all of them in about a week and now like tears through books and I, I can't kind of quite keep up with him with it but yeah I, I with my daughter it was Harry Potter so yeah I think it, it they just have to get that one thing that really sort of sets them off and then hopefully they'll stay big readers forever yeah we're we're in some sort of dragon master situation over oh here. okay okay no, I don't know. <laughs> I know. and now of course they're like well have you interviewed this author and I'm like well no I haven't you know and they're like well could you just do that now please I'm like okay I'll try <laughs> it sounds so adorable <laughs> anyway so what advice would you have to aspiring authors Gosh, well, going back to the reading thing, I think reading, reading, reading is so, so vital. I was told by an editor who who didn't work on my book, but who I knew sort of through friends that it's it's the one it's the writers that just with the work the hardest that get there, which sounds, you know, slightly disheartening in a way, I guess. But actually, I found that working really, really hard was actually helped me deal with the whole process when the book was was published. Because I think you do get a bit of imposter syndrome and you do worry that your book's good enough. And I think having that, that background of just really hard, hard work behind you not only makes the whole process, you know, when it, when it gets published, just so wonderful, but also is your sort of groundwork for the whole experience itself. She said to me, I remember, you know, this is when most people give up, but I think I was on my sort of third draft and I had a few rejections and I was sort of, sort of about to, you know, bin the whole thing. And she said, this is when most people give up. It's the ones that continue on now that make it you have to put in those extra hours and actually she was completely right and it wasn't ready and I I had rejections for a good reason so actually I think just you've got to work hard you've got to put the hours in and then you know hopefully you, you you'll get there you will be the one that doesn't give up and you'll get to the finish line I love that. I love it. Especially because you've invested so much time already. You might as yeah. well. I think there's some like block like I've done all this it should be enough. And then that yeah. last little bit, you know, you just can't, yeah. I don't know, you have to get, oh, anyway, I love your motivation to sort of get past that point. Yeah, I really think it does. I mean, and I think it it, did, it has really helped me when I've had those moments of thinking, oh, is it not, it's not good, even though, you know, well, does anyone like it? And you still have doubts the whole way through. Getting it published does not mean that you don't have those doubts anymore. They're, they're there. They're just about different things. <laughs> And I think, you know, having, as I said, that like real backing of you've put those hours in, you deserve to be there actually really helps because it's a daunting process and, you know, getting reviews and seeing your book on the shelves and stuff is fantastic, but it's, you know, you you do have those insecurities and I think having, having those hours and hours of work behind you actually really does help you help you through it. Amazing. Wow. Well, Kate, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your hilarious and amazing story with us in such a great way. Love your writing style and all of that. So what fun. And thanks for skipping bath time to do this conversation tonight. So thank you. Anytime.
Anytime you think about that. We can do this again tomorrow if you want. I could call you at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every night. Every night. A regular (laughs) appearance. (laughs) So nice to chat to you, Zibby. Nice to talk to you too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 